Welcome back to Mother of the Year. I made it. I didn't go six months without recording. I made it about three months. <laughs> or was it two months? I'm not sure. All I know is that the only time I can record, the only time it's possible, is if I have a chunk of days off where I can still put my kids in daycare because yes I'm the mom that even when I have the day off I'm putting those kids in daycare mother of the year right here Ooh, it's been a crazy crazy couple of months I am a middle school teacher and what I teach is drama and so my students have performances. So our production this year was Peter Pan. And so we had our performances last week. And so now that that's done, I feel like I can actually breathe again. I feel like I do have spare time. Whereas before I felt like if I had any free time, I needed to focus on my upcoming play. So that's done. Um, I'm recording this the week of Thanksgiving. I am lucky enough to where our school district gives us the entire week off, but yet my children's preschool slash daycare has school Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Oh my gosh, I'm so thankful for this free time. I can't even begin to tell you. I will start this by saying that I think I was a little too excited about my day off today because last night I had, I guess, just one and a half Moscow mules, and then I uh, finished it off with the blue moon. So I got a little bit of a headache today, but you know what? It was worth it because I'm on the struggle bus pretty much every night. I It does not matter how much I want to stay awake. About 30 minutes after both my kids are in bed, I'm done. And so I feel like last night was actually... Some quality time with my husband. Um, we were finally able to start Stranger Things Season 2. If you have not watched Stranger Things, you need to get on that. It's awesome. Uh, we had so much fun. We watched two episodes, which is absolutely unheard of. So I think that's worth the little bit of a headache I have today. So a little bit of updates um, since it's been a little while. First of all, my baby boy, I guess he's not really baby boy anymore, but now he's at that year and a half mark, 18 months. I don't think I have to really do months anymore after 18 months. Once he finally hits two, then it's like, oh, those months are done. Um, I felt kind of dumb. I was at the Children's Museum the other day, and there was this mom, and she had this teeny tiny little baby, and I try to talk to other moms, because I remember when my kids were babies, I felt so lonely most of the time, so if somebody would talk to me, I was so happy, and so I saw this mom with this little baby, and I thought I was being friendly, and I was like, oh, how many weeks is he? And I had that like awkward socialization moment where I probably should have said how many months, but I went with how many weeks because it's been a while since I've had a newborn. So I forget at one point you stop saying weeks versus months. And so the mom was a tad bit snotty and she was like, he's four months. 
And I was like, okay, cool, I guess our conversation's over. But um, seeing that little newborn, I never thought I would miss the newborn stage because I had such a hard time when both my kids were babies, and you can hear that joy on previous podcasts. But um, I actually was like, wow, I forgot how, yeah, the newborn phase can be hard, but how much stuff goes on during that phase that's so easy. The baby was just laying in her arms and just was chilling, just hanging out. And all I had to do was look over one shoulder and see my three-and-a-half-year-old daughter going crazy, playing with all the toys. And then on the other hand, I have my one-and-a-half-year-old son who's now no longer walking. He's just running everywhere. And I thought, oh, man, I do kind of miss that baby phase. Not that I would ever want another baby. Yeah, no thanks. Uh, But there's just stuff that is easier about that. So my baby boy, he is so different from my daughter. I remember, I mean, I don't know if I remember 18 months being hard. I feel like that was when it started getting fun with her. But I think maybe that's because she was such a difficult baby that once she hit the age where she was finally really starting to play and talk and say things that I could actually understand. I just remember it being really fun. While my son is proving to be, um, how do I say this? Uh, A little more difficult, I guess, than his sister. She always colored on paper. And so far we have discovered crayon on the walls. We have discovered crayon on our kitchen table. We have discovered crayon on toys, and somehow it always ends up being my fault. My husband looks at me, and he's like, well, how did he get a crayon? And I'm like, well, because he was coloring on paper at some point. We have discovered that my son's quite the magician. He hides things so that later on he can find them and be like, ta-da, look what I have. I know that we are going to have a challenge taking away his pacifier because now recently he has named it. It is Baba. I don't know why his pacifier is Baba, but I have recently discovered within the last week that he does have a name for it. And so I know that means he's getting more of an attachment to it. Um, My daughter never took a pacifier, so we didn't have that problem of taking one away from her. And now I'm realizing that the fact that she never took one in the end was a little bit easier because uh, he not only has one pacifier, he has like four pacifiers. And we try to keep them for night-night time, as we call them. But, oh my gosh, there's so many times where I'm struggling and so I'm like, you know what, dude, if you want your pacifier, go for it. But I know that I need to try to keep it for night-night time because it's only going to make it more and more difficult to take away. So my husband recently brought it up about taking it away. And I told him that I would appreciate it if we could wait until after our big Disney World trip, which is coming up in March, which is about four or five months from now. So I'm hoping we can just let him have it until 
because of course we're going to have two long flights. We're going to have a week in a hotel. And so he's going to be away from everything else that's comfortable to him. And so uh, he agreed to that. But, uh, but anyways, back to the coloring. So yeah, somehow it always ends up being my fault. But uh, I have committed to him that I will do, quote unquote, better at keeping an eye on the crayons. Not only does he color on everything, he is a climber. My daughter was never a climber. In fact, I'm realizing comparing the two that uh, she's a pretty cautious child. She's not a daredevil by any means. And my son, on the other hand, climbs on everything. He can now pull out, we have solid wooden kitchen chairs. He can now pull out these wooden chairs, climb on top of them. And recently, he even had climbed on the kitchen table and was cruising around the kitchen table before I finally caught him. So that's fun to know that we got to keep an eye on him in that way. Not only does he climb, not only does he color, but the other day I was in the living room hanging out with my daughter and she starts screaming, danger! And I turn around and my son had this grin on his face from ear to ear and he's waving around a kitchen knife. Now, I could be dramatic and pretend it was like a crazy sharp knife, but in reality, it was a butter knife. But it was still super scary to see my son waving around a butter knife. So this means he's now tall enough to pull out the top drawer in the kitchen, put his little hand in between each of the little silverware slots, and pull out the knife. He knew exactly what he was doing. His smile totally gave him away. So he was just being a naughty little monkey. But, oh, it's just going to be challenging. Um, he likes to play in the dish dishwasher. It was cute when he was like eight, nine months old. But now he's this huge beast. And so he wants to actually climb on it like he used to when he was a little guy. And he tries to pull things out of the dishwasher. Now, I will admit, when he was younger, I used to kind of let him mess around. But now he reaches right for the things he's not supposed to. So recently, he grabbed one of my champagne flutes, glass. And, of course, I kind of yelled because I knew it was a bad idea. But what I didn't think is that if I yelled, he's going to get startled and he's going to drop and break the champagne flute. And so that's exactly what happened. So he drops it, it smashes everywhere. So then now I know what he's gonna wanna do, reach for the broken glass. Oh, challenging, challenging, challenging. So it's not cute anymore. I can't let him play with in the dishwasher. I can't let him climb on everything he wants to. I just, I have to be on top of him. And I don't feel like I had to do that as much with her. So I need to kind of wrap my head around the fact that they are two different children and uh, he's not going to maybe be as easy as she was in some ways. What's the update on my daughter now? Uh, she is fully, fully potty trained. You guys know that that was a little bit of a challenge for, <laughs> I'd say for her, but it was more of a challenge for me because I wanted it done. I wanted it over. And... Uh, only within the last couple of weeks, she's 100% in underwear now. And it's funny because that was kind of her decision. I really didn't mind the pull-up 
at sleep time because, not to be selfish, but uh, I don't really want to get up in the middle of the night and clean a dirty mattress if she wet the bed or, God forbid, something worse. So I was fine that she wanted to wear a pull-up at nighttime, and it was only recently that when we were getting ready for nap time, I had put the pull-up on her, and she was kind of pulling on it and saying, you know, this hurts. And so I said, well, do you want underwear? And she said, yeah. And that was it. Never wore another pull-up again. Uh, I finally just donated them this morning to her preschool, and she's done. She's fully in underwear, and it's it is liberating when it's done done. And I say done done because at first it's you kind of miss the diapers because then you wherever you are, you have to find a public bathroom. You have to remember before you leave the house, okay, let's go pee pee, but then they always don't want to go. And so I have to bribe her with Tic Tacs. It's just a whole process. But um, I am happy that that phase is now done. And I probably have a good year with my son before we think about potty training. Oh, we've had some drama going on with my daughter. Um, something that I never expected. About, I'd say a good two months ago. My kids were playing in the backyard. We have this jungle gym playground. I don't know what you would call it. And it has a pretty decent sized slide. I'd say it's a good 10 feet or so. And as y'all know, I'm the mother of the year. So I was letting my kids play and I was sitting at the patio table. And I will admit, I was not totally paying attention. I was actually looking at my phone mother of the year, but we all do it. And they were fine. They were laughing. They were playing. And so I just figure everything's okay. Well, hindsight's twenty twenty. They were playing where my daughter would climb up the slide and my son was sitting at the bottom and he can't really climb up the slide. So I think he would just kind of grab at her feet and she would slide down and they would laugh and that's the dream, right? That your kids are actually playing together and they're happy and they're occupied and uh, you can catch your breath for a minute. And I guess what happened is my son's sitting at the bottom, my daughter's climbing up and sliding down and one of the times that she slid down, her face hit the back of his head. Well, this is stuff that happens all the time. So she's crying. He's crying. Of course, there's always that fear like, oh gosh, I have to look into your mouth and see if any of your teeth are missing. And so I pick her up and there's a little bit of blood and I, I do the scary like peel back of the mouth and I, I see a little bit of blood, but she's okay. And so we go inside and we get the little ice pack and we put it in her mouth and guess what? 30 seconds later, she's over it. She's fine. She wants to go back outside and play. So that's what we do. So she never mentioned it again. She never said she had any pain or anything like that. And um, I want to say it was maybe like three weeks later or something, I noticed that her one of her front teeth looked really dirty. And it was odd to me because I work really hard to make sure that my kids get their teeth brushed every night. And so I'm pretty diligent about it. And so, of course, I'm like, oh, her tooth is dirty. So that night in particular, I'm scrubbing it a little bit extra hard with the toothbrush. 
and I notice like it's not getting better. And we had recently, within that previous month, gone for her checkup at the dentist and everything was fine. So I'm like, how can her tooth, it, it almost looked like it was getting a cavity or something. I had never seen anything like that. And so I'm thinking about it and one day I'm in the kitchen doing whatever and all of a sudden I was like, hmm, maybe I should Google this. And so I whip out the old smartphone, Google, toddler gray tooth. And lo and behold, up comes all these search results about how if a tooth is injured, the tooth can turn gray. Ah, oh, God bless the internet because now the good old hamster wheel in the head is turning and I'm reading all of these horrible stories about how the tooth can die and the tooth can fall out and the tooth can turn black. So now I'm going into a full-on spiral thinking about the fact that my three-and-a-half-year-old is going to lose a tooth several years before she's supposed to. So now I'm going down this whole shame spiral because I'm thinking, oh my gosh, this is my fault. I wasn't paying attention. I should have made sure they couldn't get hurt. And so I'm just sick to my stomach. And so, of course, I call the dentist and I'm panicking. And so they said, they sounded totally calm, which I should have took, taken solace in that. But I'm already in full-blown mom panic because I feel like it's all my fault. And... Of course, to me, my daughter is beautiful and her smile, she just beams from her smile. And I'm not trying to be superficial, but the thought of my daughter having a black tooth in her mouth, I just was mortified. And the worst part of it is that I'm on the phone with the dentist and I'm on the phone sobbing to my husband and my daughter's standing right there. She's listening to all of this. So by the time I'm off the phone, she's talking about her gray tooth. And I felt like such a jerk because I don't want to teach my daughter that, you know, being superficial and worrying about her facial features because, as my husband said, it could have been so much worse. She could have, when she knocked heads with him, her tooth could have gone through her lip and she could have needed plastic surgery or had this big scar on her face. And you know what? I know that. I know it could be worse. Like, God forbid we get in an accident or we have an illness. And I don't want people to think I'm a horrible, superficial person. But also, at the same time, it sucks. And I want to, like, grieve. And I want to feel my feelings. And I wish I didn't care. And I wish I was like, oh, it'll be cute if she loses her tooth. But I was totally freaking out. So... It was going to be five freaking days before I could get into the dentist. And I'm obviously already in freak out mode. So I call my husband. He let me cry. Then I call the person who will really let me feel all the feels. I call my mom. I'm sobbing. I'm hysterical. And, you know, my mom does what moms do. She just lets me get it all out. She tells me it's going to be okay. And, you know, probably does a little bit of lying to me, like, oh, I'm sure the dentist will say it's fine. Oh, so we finally go to the dentist, and um, they basically said what I already knew. They said that the nerve was damaged, and basically what happens is the tooth loses its blood supply. And um, that's what causes the tooth to change colors. And the only reason it would be pulled 
and I wish I would have known this, and I can tell you guys listening, and I can tell anybody else that finds themselves in this situation, the only reason the tooth would be pulled is if there was an infection. So when she hit the tooth and the fact that it was bleeding, obviously there's an opening somewhere. If that wound became infected, then yes, they would have to pull the tooth. But in her situation, it's just damaged, the nerve is traumatized, and so sadly her tooth is going to stay that color. Because yes, I read miracle stories about how the tooth went back, it changed back to white, and I do find myself staring at it for, from time to time to see if, if it is changing back. But alas, for now it is still gray. And um, I just try not to look at it. I don't want her to become self-conscious. Um, it's now probably been, like I said, about two months. And even this morning, she said that her tooth was dirty. And I said, your tooth's not dirty. What are you talking about? And she said, and she pointed right to the gray one. And she said, no, look, it's dirty. And I felt so bad because, you know, I feel like it's, I should not have had that emotional meltdown in front of her, but sheesh, I'm only human. Um, so I just told her, no, your tooth is not dirty. It, it's hurt. It's injured, but it's okay. And um, it's just crazy because, you know, I was so happy with how my husband reacted to it because he is so protective of them, just like he's protective of me. But I was so afraid he was going to be like, why weren't you watching them? You know, I've told you not to let them climb up, climb up the slide. And his reaction was perfect. He just said, you know, what are you supposed to do? Put them in a bubble. They're going to get hurt. And I was like, oh, Lord, I thank you. Because I don't think I could have taken any more guilt on top of what I was putting on myself. So that's kind of the update with the kids. But this episode is called Happy Holidays. It's the most wonderful time of the year. No, it is not. We are talking Halloween. We are talking Thanksgiving. We are talking Christmas. Boom, boom, boom. Back to back. It's exhausting. It's expensive. It's draining. And we're right in the thick of it right now. Uh, this Halloween has come and gone. And uh, there were some new realizations that came along with this Halloween. It's no longer just about picking a costume for your children. I have learned about the family costume. Is this new or has this always been around? I don't remember up until this year seeing families doing like a whole themed costume. And it's I'm not trying to like shade anybody. I'm not trying to put down anybody. I guess it's like an envious thing because I do wonder if my husband came to me and was like, babe, let's do a family costume this year. I'd probably be like, all right, let's do it. What are your ideas? But if I wanted to do a family costume, it would have to be all me. And it would have to be something that my husband would be okay with doing. So this first family I ever saw do a theme costume, uh, it was, gosh, maybe three years ago. And the funny thing about this family is I went to high school with the mom, and I hadn't seen her probably since high school. And when I was 
probably going to my last doctor's appointment before I had my daughter. So we're talking almost four years ago. I had already decided on the name Olivia for my daughter. And, but we really wanted to call her Olive. That was going to be her nickname. But we were probably going to call her Olive more than we called her Olivia. So anyway, so I'm at my doctor's appointment and I see this girl that I went to high school with. And again, I hadn't seen her in well over 10 years. And so, of course, we said, hi, hi, how are you? Congratulations. She's about to have her first. I'm about to have my first. And I say to her, oh, do you have a name for your baby? And she goes, Olive. And I was like, oh. And I don't know what happened in that moment, but all of a sudden, my Olivia stayed in Olivia. So we still call her from Olive from time to time, and my best friend, shout out Star, uh, calls her Olive, and she responds to it, like that's just a nickname for her, but I just was so put off by the fact that this name I had become so attached to all of a sudden wasn't her name anymore. Is that weird? And then the even weirder thing is I ended up being five days late with my daughter and that girl that I went to high school with, that sarcastic air quotes, stole my baby name, ended up having her daughter on my due date. So maybe that was just like the nail on the coffin for me. Like I, that wasn't my olive anymore. But I do have an olive tattoo that's for my Olivia. But I digress. Their family is the first family that I ever saw do a theme costume. I think it was her daughter's first Halloween, so of course it would have been my daughter's first Halloween. But they did this whole theme inside-out costume. So the daughter was Joy. The dad was Anger. So he had the whole fire thing coming out of the head. The mom was disgust, and then they had an aunt and uncle be the other two, whatever those are. And I, of course, I thought that was so cool. But I thought like, oh, you know, they're just a fun family. They just enjoy doing that kind of thing. Well, then slowly but surely, I'm starting to see all these family costumes pop up. And so this year, that same family did Cinderella. The little girl was Cinderella. The dad was Prince Charming. He had the whole white suit. The mom was the fairy godmother. And I'm looking at this and I'm like, I can barely put like clothes and shoes on my kids versus like figuring out this whole elaborate family costume. I saw another girl I went to high school. Her family dressed as the Adams family. She was Morticia. Her husband was Gomez. Their daughter was Wednesday. Their baby boy was Pugsley. I mean, how much cuter can you get? Why can't I be that cool? Why can't I have my stuff together enough to do this awesome family costume together? I can't. I mean, maybe I could, but I guess I would just need a lot more help from my husband. I don't know. Do I even want to? I don't know. Like, I want to be cool like that, but I also just want my kids to be comfortable. I mean, are my kids just more high maintenance? Like, they're just not easygoing? I don't know. So speaking of costumes, that was a lot of fun. Um, my daughter, of course I want her opinion of what she wants to be because she's old enough now to really voice an opinion. But the problem is when you're asking for an opinion from a three-year-old, 
you're going to get an opinion that changes every five minutes. So the first thing she wanted to be was a ballerina. And of course, that's a really cute idea. But the only problem with that is she goes to ballet every Monday. And so I didn't want people to think I was being cheap. And I'm just like, oh, yeah, sweetheart, just be a ballerina. And then I can just pull out one of her leotards from the closet. But that's really what she wanted to be. And so... I knew to wait, though, because I knew she was going to change her mind a few times. So then she wanted to be a skeleton. So then she wanted to be a zombie. Then she wanted to be a vampire. Then her little BFF from school wanted to be Elena. So then she wanted to be Elena. And so I just kind of got to the point where I started um, interjecting the ballerina again. And I was like, oh being a ballerina and she'd kind of be like yeah I want to be a ballerina and then she'd change her mind again so then finally what I decided to do was find a really cute ballerina leotard like a new one something really puffy with a big tutu that she normally wouldn't get to wear to ballet once I showed her the dress that I found um she was all about it she was on board so she was going to be a ballerina and if anyone at her preschool wanted to make fun of me because she's a ballerina every Monday, then I didn't really care. As far as my son, you know, he was only barely a year and a half at the time Halloween rolled around, so he doesn't know what he wants to be. And so it's kind of tough because I feel like I'm picking for him. So it's like, well, what do I want him to be? But then I also know my son is stubborn, so I can't just put him in whatever I want because A, he has to be willing to wear it, and B, I don't really feel like fighting with him more than I already have to. So I picked out a few different things. I really wanted him to be Charlie Brown because I feel like he, you know, he could pull that look off. But my husband was totally against it because Charlie Brown's pathetic and he refuses his son to be pathetic. So that's where it gets annoying because here I am doing all this shopping for costumes and my husband, you know, wants to be whatever, whatever about it. But then when I pick something, he has an opinion. So it got to the point where I was like, you know what, you can look for the costume because my husband does also have an obsession with online shopping. So finally he decided on a train conductor or an engineer or whatever you want to call it because he already had, and this was actually a good idea, uh, my son already had the pinstriped overalls, believe it or not, purchased by my husband in an online shopping moment. And so we only had to find a white shirt and on Amazon he found the little conductor's hat and it came with a red bandana and a train whistle. Of course my son wouldn't wear the hat, of course my son wouldn't wear the bandana, but we figured, shoot, if he walks around going toot toot on his little whistle, people will know what he is. And so finally it worked out. She had her costume, he had her costume, and now comes the fun of the candy. So every year their preschool has a little Halloween party, probably like every daycare and preschool does. and. The teacher tells us the same thing. Parents, please bring a little bit of candy for the children to share on Halloween. And I remember, maybe they didn't say it this year, but I remember last year it said, goodie bags are not necessary. 
I'm a literal person. I'm a rule follower. So you tell me no goodie bags and I'm not bringing a goodie bag. But now I look like a jerk again because every other parent brought goodie bags. They made these adorable goodie bags with like candy and stamps and pencils and little plastic whistles. And I'm like, here's a bag of Milky Ways. Boom. Enjoy. And secretly, I'm buying the bag of Milky Ways because I like Milky Ways. And I know later on, I'm going to eat the Milky Ways that my children bring home. It just, I feel so dumb because I want to be a mom that makes goodie bags. But the question is, when did these moms make goodie bags? When did they have the time? When did they have the energy? Like, I, I go to work. I come home. I have to make dinner. I've got the kids. They need snacks. They need milk. Then it's time to eat dinner. Then it's time to have a bath. Then it's time to go to bed. And like I said earlier, then I can't stay awake. So are these moms making these goodie bags after the kids go to bed? When does this happen? How are they so organized? What can they teach me I need to learn? <sighs> or I can just continue following the rules and just bring the candy like they said to. I don't know. I ended up opening all the goodie bags, dumping it all into one big bag, took the Halloween candy that they got trick-or-treating, put it all in one bag, and I do love this time of year because then I have so many bribes. Okay, if you take a nap today, mommy's going to let you pick a piece of candy. Okay, if you put all your toys away, then you get to pick a piece of candy. That's definitely not how all parents roll. Like, they're probably better about giving their kids candy than I am. But I'm all about the bribes. I'm all about doing whatever I have to do to make my life a little bit easier because it's plenty, plenty difficult. So now we've made it through Halloween and you know what's coming around the corner, Christmas. Ah, Christmas. My husband and I have decided that we are not going to do a normal tree this year. Our son is too much of a Dennis the Menace to even put the temptation of a giant tree with hanging ornaments that say, pull me off in front of him. So I had the idea of getting a miniature tree, not like super teeny tiny, but maybe like two or three feet. And we're going to put it on top of this little buffet area that we have. So we're still going to get a Christmas tree. But I just don't want to play referee and keep my son off this dang Christmas tree for the next six weeks. So my daughter, we told her yesterday she was a little bit disappointed. She wanted, she remembered. I was so impressed. She's only three and a half years old. It's hard to think that they can remember stuff from when they were two. But she pointed to the window where we have put the tree the last few years and said, no, I want the big tree right there. And so that was kind of a cute moment, but we'll still have a tree. I just, I already know. I already picture him pulling off every single ornament, breaking ornaments, and uh, I'm just not going to do that to myself. So luckily my husband was on board with that. You know what Christmas means. Time for family pictures. Oh my gosh, this year I was so proud of myself because I booked super early in advance. Um, we actually took our pictures the Saturday before Halloween. So we were like 
on it this year because last year I didn't get uh, Christmas cards out because if you don't plan ahead, it ain't happening. And I know Christmas cards, maybe they're a waste of money because what do people really do with them when they're done? But I love the idea of Christmas cards. I love putting them up. I love seeing all the new family pictures. And so um, we did get our Christmas pictures done early enough to where I'll be able to send out actual Christmas cards this year. Oh my gosh, family pictures is so stressful. It has to start out, of course, with finding the perfect outfits. I already know right off the bat that my husband... Of course, if I really wanted to do this, he'd go along with it, but I know he doesn't want to wear the matching outfits. He doesn't want us all wearing black t-shirts with blue jeans, or we're all wearing flannel. Oh, maybe he'd actually go along with the flannel idea. He's kind of a flannel guy. But he's not into the whole cheese factor. He is one of the rare unicorns that does not have a social media account. He doesn't have a Facebook. He doesn't have an Instagram and so he feels like a lot of that stuff people do just for their social media. And so he'll kind of tease me like, oh, here's the picture for Facebook. And he's absolutely right. I think a lot of these people do stuff for social media. Like the families that are dressing up for Halloween, if there was no such thing as Facebook or Instagram, would they put in so much time and energy to these family costumes? Who knows? Did I put pictures of my kids in their costumes on my social media? Absolutely. And so um, so he knows we want to look cute for our family pictures, but he doesn't want to think I'm killing myself trying to make this perfect for social media. So he's all about taking family pictures, but he wants them to be about being put up on our wall and not trying to portray something on social media. Anywho, so I got to find our outfits. Um, I have wanted a baby boy my whole life, so finding my son's outfit was done really quickly because I love boy clothes. I think they're so cute. I always want to dress them up really cute, and so his outfit was easy. Well, then I have to find something for my daughter. It's a little bit trickier. Um, she loves wearing dresses, and so I know I have to find her a dress, but then I have to think, shoes, what am I going to do with her hair, and so that's always a little bit more complicated. Then, of course, when I tell my husband that I have found the outfits for the children, he's like, well, what about me? And I'm like, are you for real? So now I'm not worried about what the kids are going to wear, but now I have to think about what you're going to wear. So I'm trying to be the good wife, I'm trying to do the right thing, and I find him a shirt. Does he like the shirt? No. He doesn't like the shirt. So then I look at him and I'm like, you can go find a shirt that you like, sweetheart. And so that's what he does. And maybe that's what he should have done all along. But I don't want to make him feel left out, so I try to do the right thing. Of course I have to find something for myself, right? I'm in these pictures too. I don't have any luck finding anything. So lo and behold, I find a shirt in my closet I already own to wear for our family pictures. The real fun of family pictures is the morning of, when it's time to get ready. And by the real fun, I mean your worst nightmare. Anyone in photography will tell you that the best time to take pictures is either early in the morning or, of course, a sunset. Well, my kids are not doing pictures at a sunset, so that leaves us with the early morning. 
Our appointment was at 8 a.m. And it was nearby our house, but of course you got to give yourself a good 20-30 minutes to get anywhere to make sure you're going to be on time. And so 8 a.m. That should be easy, right? My kids are super early risers, usually up between 5 and 6. But of course, this morning, they decide to sleep in. Ugh. So I get in the shower so that, of course, I can make myself look fabulous. And I've got to wake them up. I've got to get them to eat breakfast earlier than normal. And of course, I have to feed them before I get them dressed because if I get them dressed in their Christmas picture clothes and they get them messy, then I'd have to figure out a whole new outfit. So I'm feeding both children pretty much naked. Then I have to get them dressed. Both children dressed. Hair, shoes, clothes, all of it. Meanwhile, husband is sleeping. Must be so nice to be a man. In fact, my next podcast is going to be about double standards for dads versus moms. But we'll save that for the next podcast. So, wake up the kids, feed them, getting dressed. Gotta think about getting myself ready, makeup, hair, clothes. Gotta pray that nothing gets on my clothes before the pictures are taken. What does my husband do? My husband gets out of bed, goes to the bathroom, takes a shower, gets dressed. He's ready to go. I think in my next life, I want to wake up as a man because I swear it's just so much easier for them in so many ways. So then we go to get the pictures taken. My son does not feel like taking pictures He is more interested in his surroundings because, of course, you're going to pick a location that's interesting. So we pick a park, and uh, he'd rather dig around in the dirt. He'd rather try to jump in the disgusting lake that is there. He would rather try to climb trees, eat bugs, do anything except for participate in having his picture taken. It's so funny to me because you look at these pictures and you think like, wow, what a cute family. But if people could really see what is happening during these photo shoots, they would die. They would know the reality of how damn difficult it is being a parent. I've actually contacted our photographer from that day, my brother-in-law, Matthew Pyle, M. Allen Photography, if anyone is looking to get pictures taken. Again, M. Allen Photography, and I will tag him. I'm going to post. I texted him, and let's see. I'm going to pull up the text. Okay, I said, hey, Matt, I'm recording a podcast about the craziness of the holidays, and I'd love to advertise it with an outtake from our Christmas pictures. If there is a picture that is funny that obviously did not turn out how we would want, can you send it to me? He said, yeah, I can get one for you tonight. I actually have just the one in mind with a smiley face. So when this podcast is done and ready to be released, I'm going to advertise it with a picture that shows the reality of family pictures being taken because it is so not the picture that is posted. 
And I will say, the family that did the Adams Family Halloween costumes that I'm envious of, they, uh, the same girl posted a picture from the day they took their family pictures, and it was this really cute picture. It was obviously a like a selfie. It wasn't taken by the professional photographer, but it was her little perfect family. And it was such a cute picture. They all looked gorgeous. They all looked so happy. And um, I think the, the comment said something like, or the caption was like, fun day taking family pictures. And I had this other moment where I was like, why is it so easy for her? And I have a tendency to read comments that people post under the pictures probably like everybody else does. But one of the comments was her mom, I think. And she said something like, you know, there's my favorite family or something like that. And the same girl that posted the picture replied to the comment and said, this is the only one that my daughter would smile in because today she decided she did not want to have her picture taken. And I was like, a nugget of truth. I love those nuggets of truth on social media because you see so much fake crap, right? Everyone wants to pretend like they have this perfect life, but I love when people pull back the curtain and you can hear the truth. Those are the moments why I don't quit social media because I think about quitting every single day. I think about it. I've actually even thought about 2018 being the year I get off everything, (laughs) but... um. I also can't because I feel like that's my only connection to the outside world sometimes. So um, the best part of the day about us taking our family pictures because it was so crazy and chaotic and I still don't know if we even got one good picture yet. The best part was later on when, you know, I'm probably telling my mom about how the morning went and I was like, oh my gosh, it was a total disaster. Um, Everett, my son... Everett would not participate, and I don't know if we got any pictures. And my husband goes, it wasn't that bad. And I was like, oh, I, I'm, I'm sorry, were you, were you there? Did you see me having to jump around like a maniac trying to get him to look at the camera, trying to paste a smile on my face when I'm like holding both children with all my strength so that they don't run away? Uh, Uh, those are those moments in a marriage where you're speechless and you're just like, oh, okay. Like, I'm glad he, he can think of it fondly, but were you, were you there? I'm not sure about that. So, oh my goodness. I'm sure I'm going to have to record after Christmas because that's going to be my next break. Um, my school is closed for two weeks for the holidays for Christmas. And uh, I'm kind of <laughs> sad <laughs> because my, my kids, my own children, their school is closed for a week and a half. So that means I will have two weeks off, but for a week and a half of that two weeks off, I'll be working my butt off because being home with my kids is not a vacation. It is the opposite of a vacation. It kicks my butt way more than work does. And so I think I have either two or three days at the end of that week where they will have school and I will be off. So that will probably be the next time that I record. Before I sign off, I want to share something funny that happened 
Um, since I was really busy with our school play last week, I think my husband was missing me, which is sweet. And uh, so he decided to listen to a couple of my podcasts. Um, not exactly what I would want <laughs> him to listen to. It's hard because I just kind of looked at him and he looked back at me and I looked at him and he looked back at me and I could kind of read in his eyes and, you know, a little bit in the tone of his voice that maybe he heard a couple things that hurt his feelings. And it's tough. Like I told him, like, I kind of feel like you're reading my diary. These are my private thoughts. Um, I say they're private, but I put them out to the world to listen to. But, you know, when I think about making this podcast, I'm trying to make a connection with other parents out there who may have been surprised at how difficult being a parent is. Side note, yesterday I went for an eye doctor appointment and it's on the second floor of a building and on the first floor there is some kind of a doctor's office and I saw two separate people that I instantly felt a connection with from just being a parent. One, as I was walking into the building, there was a woman who had a baby wrapped up in a blanket. And this is a podcast, so you can't see what I'm doing, but I'll try to describe it. She had the baby kind of presented in front of her with her arms kind of open, like she's presenting something, I guess. And she's bouncing the baby going, doing that baby bounce that we all know so well. And this mom is like hunched over, legs bent. Basically, she has found the position that's soothing her fussy baby. And I wanted to be like, high five, sister. Been there. The other people that I saw once I was in the building, it was a mom and a dad. And again, they had a very young baby, probably a newborn. And you know, you kind of just hear conversations as you're walking by and the woman had looked around the corner and must have seen that the doctor's office was open. Maybe it was closed for a lunch break or something like that. And she looked back at her partner, her husband, boyfriend, whatever, I don't know. And she says, okay, they're open now. And the guy goes, what do you want, a cookie? Like kind of a nasty response. And I swear her and I locked eyes for like, a microsecond and so I don't know if she was embarrassed that I heard him talk to her like that but this girl just lashed out and basically I don't even remember what he said because I kind of had that like cringy awkward feeling like I didn't want her to feel embarrassed so she just kind of snapped back at him and he snapped back at her and I swear it took everything for me not to stop and walk up to them and put one hand on the man and put one hand on the woman and say guys I've been there there is nothing more challenging for your marriage than getting through a newborn. At the end of the day, you love each other. Let's just drop the petty argument. But obviously, it's none of my business, so I didn't say anything. But my point in mentioning this is that that is my goal of the podcast. I want parents to understand that I stand in solidarity with their struggles. 
It's hard. I thought it was going to be easy. I thought the fact that I liked children was going to make having a child easy. But it is so stinking hard. And so part of me wanting to relate to you guys is sharing that there are discrepancies, there are challenges within parenting with another person. So I explained to my husband, I never want him to feel like I'm bashing him because I love him. At the end of the day, I chose to marry him. I did not choose the children that I have. There's those romantic quotes that you see online where moms say, thank you for choosing me. And uh, to their children, I always find that a little bit weird, but that's just me. So I, I mean, I wouldn't exactly want my husband to listen to these podcasts, but the fact that he did is kind of sweet because, you know, of course you want support from your significant other, but um, it's just kind of an awkward moment because I want to feel like I can be candid. I want to feel like I can share everything, but I just don't want anybody out there to think that he's a bad guy or he's a bad dad because he's an amazing partner and I love him. And again, having children is challenging. You're going to have different parenting styles, different discipline styles, different ways that you have fun. And so um, I just kind of want to put that out there. So I felt totally awkward because I'm like, oh my gosh, automatically I'm like, what did I say? So he said he listened to the first two episodes. So guess what I did? Went back, listened to the first two episodes, and I was like, eh, that's actually not too bad. The real challenge is going to be when I make my next episode, which is going to be about daddy double standards. That one might not go over so well. But at the end of the day, this podcast is supposed to make you laugh so some of the situations are exaggerated I try to share them in a way that is for a comedic effect I want to make you laugh but I try to also stick to the truth so just want to put that out there Um, another reason I wanted to share this that he had listened to the podcast is because um, the other night my daughter was giving me a hard time and he said to her you know what, sweetie, mommy worked all day today and then she came home and she has to take care of you guys. You need to give mommy a break. And I didn't say anything, but I looked at him and I was like, that was from the podcast. You heard me say that. You're listening. You learned something. See, this is a great thing that I'm doing this podcast. But I didn't say anything because I didn't want him to feel embarrassed or called out or anything like that but that was kind of the funny thing about him listening to the podcast because yes maybe there's something we can learn so ladies if you're listening to this podcast and you hear something your partner can benefit from feel free to have them listen I also will mention uh, there I don't remember what episode number there it was but there's an episode called love no Married with children, that's what it's called. I was going to say love and marriage, but that's because the married with children theme song was love and marriage, love and marriage. Anyways, I digress. Married with children, at the end of that episode, I get very candid. I may or may not shed a tear. And I remember playing that part of the podcast for my husband. 
because, man, it's tough. It really is tough. Um, it's definitely tough on the single moms that do it, but I'll say it's tough on the married moms too because I would love to say that, you know, it's easier having a partner there with you and in a million ways it is. But it's also hard because you are two different people with two different styles and two different stresses outside of the children, outside of the marriage, and it's, it's just tough. Nothing about having kids is easy. Nothing. So on that depressing note, <laughs> let's go ahead and sign off for this episode. If you don't already follow me, please follow me at Mother of the Year Podcast on Instagram. If you have any feedback, suggestions, ideas, comments, you can email me at motheroftheyearpodcast at gmail.com. If you haven't already, please subscribe to this podcast on iTunes. Please rate it five stars and leave it a review. And remember, moms, the struggle continues next